Hello, and welcome to Ramblings of Self-Discovery, the unedited one-take podcast of my thoughts and musings about life and some of the things I've experienced. I choose not to edit this because I don't want uh, to interfere with sort of natural feel of just talking and I have no intention of trying to make something perfect or better than what it is naturally because I'm not that way uh so I I'd like to excuse me I'd like to talk a little bit today about um (laughs) <laughs> the the discovery of my husband's uh, former husband's um I don't want to use the word mistress because I feel like it's it's unfairly negative towards um everyone involved I know that probably sounds weird but um. I think the presence of another person in in a marriage is indicative of a need. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and I don't know if we can fault any human for having needs or blame people for loving other people. Um, I think the assumption is that if if a spouse or partner starts to love somebody else, that it means they've stopped loving the <clears throat> their spouse. And I'm not convinced that's necessarily true. I mean, it's probably sometimes true, but I think we assume it's always true. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think that that's true. Um, I don't think it's accurate. To say that because somebody has feelings for somebody outside their main relationship, um, that it means they no longer love their partner. And I'm, I'm going to say that was probably the case in my marriage. I don't think my husband didn't love me uh, anymore, although at the time that's what I thought and felt. I think it's more fair to say that um, he needed more than what I was able to give. And I don't think that's anyone's fault, including my own and and including his. Um, Certainly when you're at the front lines of, of a marriage that seems to be disintegrating or falling apart or growing apart. Uh, it feels like lack of love is at fault, but I don't think I believe that anymore. I think, um, what I've learned in the past many years is to, get my head out of my own ass <laughs> for lack of a better term that is such a great phrase it just really 
<laughs> make somebody seem pretty ignorant. So saying it about myself, uh, I think I, you know, we get wrapped up in how we feel. We forget um, the bigger picture, and I think in a lot of cases, if not even most cases, we forget about humanity or the basic factor of the influence of someone's humanity on their behavior excuse me and on their emotions um so i don't think we can hold people um at fault for their humanity that's not to say we go around uh responding to our basic urges and just claim oh well it's just human um but the the other end of the spectrum is to ignore uh, to ignore the driving uh, needs of being human and then just fault people for being human, which I also think is wrong. Uh, anyway, um, I think I got a bit off topic there, <laughs> or slightly off topic, or tang- tangent. Um, to my main topic. Um, so I think that in in managing the reality of my husband f- loving or starting to love somebody else, uh, what I'm, I guess, pointing to is it's uh, me getting completely lost in how everything affected me and not really paying attention to how um, my husband was feeling, although that was it's pretty hard to do that when you're hurt. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, just thinking. Um, It's tough to deal with that reality when you realize uh, that that your marriage or main relationship is becoming more estranged or um, less stable. And... um, when I started to sort out that reality and the reality that there was another person, um, it, I mean, it took a while to get to that because there's a lot of deductive reasoning that has to happen. Some investigating, some intuition. And uh, I mean, it's not easy for anyone to admit that they have somebody else. I'm not sure that there's a good way to do that or I'm not sure that anyone reacts wonderfully to that kind of conversation. Um, but my my reaction once I once I figured out and and I have to say that the the story of figuring it out um, boils down to texting on a phone um, <clears throat> but I think 
excuse me, even if we didn't have cell phones like we didn't use two years ago, um, we can all kind of read behaviors if we're paying attention and we get a gut feeling, I think, excuse me, when, uh, you know, our senses tell us something is going on. So even though I had had some conversations sort of inviting or trying to open a door to this, to see if my husband could admit that he wanted someone else. Um, I, he, I think he was afraid to bring that out into the open. So I had to kind of figure it out on my own. And so what I ended up doing was, um, I mean, um, getting the phone number off of my husband's phone of this person and calling (laughs) or first, first I was texting and that must've been shocking. I guess if I put myself in her position, it must've been pretty shocking, but, uh, I I found in that moment that I didn't want to be ignored and I wanted to be recognized, um, you know, as a person and as someone who had feelings. And uh, so I actually enlisted the help of a good friend of mine and had her phone the number that I ended up getting off of my husband's cell phone. And, uh, she got an answering machine. My friend got an answering machine for a woman. And at that point I knew, um, that my suspicions were confirmed. And it's a very strange reality to just figure that out on your own, as opposed to having a conversation. I think in an ideal world, people would sit down and just talk about it. And, uh, it would take some of the torment out of out of the whole ordeal uh, because I it's definitely tormenting to try to sort out you know is there another person is there not another person and I think the humane thing is to just um, open up the truth doors and just be honest with somebody you've been married to for decades I think they deserve that honesty um, but people are afraid of the truth I think and Certainly spouses are afraid that if they're honest about that kind of truth that they can't predict what the other person is going to do and they don't want to lose control of the situation. Um, Admittedly, I don't really think it's fair that one person holds all the power and control in a relationship. And um, I think it kind of lacks respect, but I do understand it. I understand the fear factor. Uh, So when that came out, when I finally realized, uh, with the help of my friend, um, I pretty much just brought it up point blank and, um, and was told to just, uh, sort of suck it up (laughs) that that was the reality. And, um, if I, if I did anything to disrupt that other relationship that I would get divorced. (laughs) I remember thinking, what is that supposed to be like 
a threat. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was a bad thing or meant to be a bad thing. But anyway, um, desperate times make people say strange things. What I ended up doing is um, texting this other person, this other woman, and saying I wanted to meet up with her. And initially she did not respond to my messages until I sent a follow-up message saying if I was ignored, I would show up on her doorstep. Um, Because I did my share of investigating and figured out where she lived, Um, I don't even remember how, how I got a home address, but I got one and, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, would I have actually shown up? I think I probably would have, but I can't really say for sure. People do desperate things when they are desperate and they do things maybe that are unwise when they're desperate and I'm probably no exception. But anyway, it didn't come to that. I don't think she liked the idea of me showing up randomly on her doorstep, so she responded and uh, said she would agree to meet me. Um, So we agreed to meet at a certain time at a McDonald's nearby where I live, where I lived at the time, and where I still live. And uh, I, I then enlisted the help of my mother, Uh, I wanted her to come and just sit in the shadows, kind of, because I wasn't sure what I need a witness. I I just didn't know the character of this woman, and I wanted someone there who could witness. Although, in hindsight, I realized that my mother was not an objective witness. But um, anyway, (laughs) I'm not a lawyer. Uh, So... Uh, driving to the the crux of the story is actually meeting up with this person. And um, I mean, I think initially I was showing up with a sense of indignation and self-righteousness. and But I didn't really know what I intended other than I wanted to be seen. <clears throat> and um, I needed to be seen. I needed to be recognized, and that was the driving force to meeting up with this woman. And so I got there first and sat down, and my mother was sitting a few tables away, just looking onward. And uh, I don't recall, did I even know, I, I think I knew what she looked like vaguely. I had done some internet searching and her spouse owns a business and their picture was on the website. So she approached the table and and I stood up. I mean, it's it's very awkward to think, did she know what I looked like? I, I haven't even thought of that till now. Um, I think she did know what I looked like because I think I recall that when I was away, she was... Uh, unbeknownst to me, she was in my home because my kids had told me at a later date that uh, she had been invited over uh, for some social reason I, with work people or something, but with my husband. Um, so she must have known what I looked like because there would be pictures in my house. But funny, I have not thought about that. <laughs> I certainly didn't think about that at the time. I'm only thinking about it now. Um, so... Gosh, talk about a loaded um, 
a loaded few steps of when she was approaching the table and sat down and the palpable tension. Um, she looked very, very uncomfortable. Uh, she did not look confident and she did not look happy. And I think I perceived these emotions from her and realized she was approaching me with a, a sense of humility, which I respected. And I, I definitely feel that that had an influence on my subsequent um, behavior and, you know, what I said. Uh, and speaking of that, what I did say was, um, uh, yeah, and oh, as a quick little pause, um, I, I didn't initially want, at the beginning of this um, episode this morning, I was saying I didn't like the word mistress. And so I was not looking at her in that way. I could see her as a person. Um, and yeah, the, the word mistress seems really dismissive of both her feelings and my husband's feelings at the time. Um, so she's just a person. And whether she was or was not a mistress is kind of not really the main issue. Um, when she sat down, I just said, I wanted her to meet, see me and that I said, I'm a nice person and I have feelings. And, um, what I ended up saying was, uh, that I didn't think that she was going to solve any of her problems, you know, with my husband. Um, I think I said something like she looked like a nice person and, you know, in other circumstances we may have even been friends. Um, And I said that she was probably just trying to find happiness and I said I was the same. I was trying to be happy and I said I just, I told her I didn't feel that her solution lie or lay in the boundaries of my marriage. Um, and she was very quiet. And the other thing I did say or acknowledge, which, again, none of this was planned. I just kind of was winging it much like, I think, my life in general. But um, I was just speaking as I felt moved to say things. Um, but I, yeah, I was acknowledging that she, you know, looked like she was trying to be happy and as was I. And, and I just, uh, I said, you know, if you're meant to be with my husband, I'm certainly not going to stand in the way of that. And I meant that, um, I mean, heck, who am I to stand in the way of, uh, two people being meant for each other? Um, who do I think I am to, you know, manipulate to other people for the sake of my own happiness. I just don't, I mean, I know that we kind of feel entitled to do that when we're married to someone, but ultimately, you know, we're not the boss of anyone. We're not the boss of our spouse. We're not, we don't own them. We don't own their feelings. We don't own their heart. Although I think with this whole romantic notion of we give our hearts to someone, I I think that's kind of a ridiculous notion. I used to believe it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think 
we can own that as much as we would like to be able to say we want to make someone love us, we can't. Anyway, so my sentiment was certainly if they were meant to be, I wouldn't be standing in the way of them, but um, I didn't think she was going about it the right way. The timing, you know, um, because I had feelings and she she sat across from me very quietly and the humility, I mean, she just felt uncomfortable, but she felt, I could tell that she felt humbled and I could tell she was a a nice person and it's really hard to ignore when somebody's a nice person I mean nice people make mistakes so there's that but when at the core of somebody is kindness it's really difficult to be mean or I find it very difficult I I don't I don't think I'm a mean person and I I don't like meanness I think meanness is um the absence of acknowledging somebody else's humanity and I don't think anyone has the right to um, or should ignore someone else's humanity Um, that I guess is part of being respectful but I was I think really surprised that she didn't argue or fight or um, she was just very quiet and and listened, which kind of speaks to the character of a person who is kind and thoughtful. Um, when she finally did speak, she said that she hadn't slept with my husband. And I said at this point it was irrelevant whether she had or hadn't slept with my husband. Um, He had already sort of made her a priority. Um, I said he's already chosen her over me. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about that now a bit more deeply and... um, Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to um, be on the receiving end of that myself. Like the previous conversation of my husband saying I just had to suck it up. Um, that's hard, but it's I guess it's a reality, right? Like um, someone is saying I want this person in my life, and you don't get to veto that, which. It's shocking, and it lets you realize people can't control people. Um, and uh, uh, I, you know, years later had an admission from my husband that they did indeed sleep with each other. Um, whether or not it happened before the, you know, meeting her at McDonald's or whether it happened after, I don't know, but... So she could have been honest at that point or she could have been lying, but um, it's <laughs> it kind of doesn't matter because at a later date, years later, my husband admitted that they had slept together. So, um, But even at that point, at this meetup, that wasn't the issue. The issue was I was wanting to be seen and and felt that her timing was 
or, or her assumptions that her life was going to somehow get better while she, um, I guess, injected herself into my marriage in a romantic way uh, seemed ill-timed, to say the least. Um, she started to cry, like her her eyes were filling with tears. And I started to feel really badly for her that this whole scenario was stressful for her. And um, I mean, I just saw a really nice person. What was overwhelming, and I'm only now coining as sort of recognizing her humanity. At the time, I didn't have that kind of phrasing or wording in my head, but uh, she, I mean, I just saw a woman, a sad woman. And a sorry woman. And um, you see, it's really hard to be angry at someone who is <laughs> embodying humility and remorse. Uh, I, I, so I, my anger was almost instantly dissipated based on her response to my words and uh, her tears kind of extinguished all anger it was actually very liberating and so I I I do distinctly remember putting my hand on her forearm and telling her like what I ended up saying was I'm not a hater I don't hate people I said I wanted her to know that it's not like I was hoping she'd get hit by a bus or something uh I said I'm not a vengeful person I said I and I just wanted her to rethink um, the method of her actions and what's what she's doing. Um, and sure that if she was meant to be with my husband, I I had no uh, I staked no claims on on my husband's life or his right to do what he wants to do. Um, I was just looking for a little acknowledgement, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm struck even now by how humble and remorseful she was in her uh, behavior. She sat there. I mean, we sat there for about an hour, which is a really long time to sit to sit with someone who your husband has fallen in love with and who has apparently fallen in love with your husband. Um, I don't even know what we talked about for an hour, like I'm telling you what I said and some of the things that she said, but that doesn't fill up an hour. So I guess it's fair to say it's a bit of a blur. I don't recall everything that we said for an hour, but it definitely was about an hour. And uh, at the end of it, whatever we were saying, I think I mean, I think I thanked her for coming, and <laughs> although she, I mean, I guess I did coerce and sort of threaten her to come because I would show up on her doorstep, but um, who knows if I would have done that. I'm not actually sure, but by the end of it, I think each of us saw the other as a human, and how amazing um, it is to realize that when you can see someone as a human being, and their vulnerabilities to being, you know, just a person, it's 
it's difficult to stay mad at that. It, it, it reduces them to a vulnerable state and acknowledging your own humanity reduces you to a vulner, more vulnerable state. And this vulnerability is um, kind of bonding. Not that I'm saying I bonded with uh, this woman, but in that moment, I think there was a mutual respect and realization that developed between us. Um, the result of which was that after the hour of whatever it was we said to each other, gosh, I wish I could have recorded that conversation. Uh, at the end of it, um, I, I think I was the one that he initiated that initiated leaving, which I guess, I mean, I'm stunned that she didn't get up and leave. It really all points to, and I'm just realizing this now, this epiphany points to um, that her kindness and uh, humility and respect, all very good qualities that I admire in people. So I, I'm the one who terminated the meeting and I stood up and, you know, we both stood up and I, I gave her a hug because <laughs> I didn't want her to feel badly. Um, and I told her the, yeah, the other thing just before we had gotten up that I told her was that I forgave her. And, uh, I don't go around saying to people, oh, I forgive you because it almost makes me feel like, um, I'm superior and that they need to be forgiven and that I'm implying that they require my forgiveness, which makes me feel like, um, I don't know, it makes me feel like I don't have a right to do that. Um, but in this instance, I said to her those words that I forgave her because I really truly wanted her to know that I didn't hate her, I wasn't angry. Um, I think I was acknowledging that she was only human and, you know, maybe I didn't, maybe she didn't need my forgiveness or, or maybe I was not entitled to offer it. Um, but it was very liberating. So, I mean, we hugged and then she turned around and left. And um, I went over and sat with my mother. And my mother said it seemed to go really well. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. So when I, when I set out on this little quest to find my own acknowledgement, in this situation, I had no idea how it was going to turn out. I didn't know what I was going to say. And by the time it was over and I sat down with my mom, I felt so good. I mean, I felt so relieved. I felt like satiated as if I was in a desert and had a huge drink of water. The, the amount of relief, the weight that was lifted off me, I just felt like, well, it doesn't matter... What happens now, I have done sort of what I needed to do. I was seen. I felt acknowledged. Um, and that's all I really needed. And there was an exchange of kindness, kindness between myself and this woman, which even now, um, over a decade later, like I feel like if I saw her, it wouldn't really be awkward or bad because both of us behaved really well and we respected one another. 
I mean, how amazing. <laughs> I I mean, I'm not saying I'm amazing. <laughs> Let me be clear. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm simply trying to acknowledge that it's it's an amazing feeling to 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 be kind and um maybe just to be kind. It's to somebody that perhaps you feel like others would entitle you to be nasty to, but ultimately being nasty doesn't, I think it injures the deliverer more than the receiver. Mean and nasty behavior just hurts the person being mean and nasty. Uh, Yeah, it'll hurt the other person as well, but not to the same degree because it's, you know, mean and nasty comes from the belly of a person and someone on the receiving end of mean and nasty it doesn't need to penetrate to their core or they can uh, deal with it and deflect it. But someone who is delivering meanness and nastiness, I mean, that has to come right from the core of them in order to deliver it. And I think that is more injurious, far more harmful to be the one producing this negative nastiness than it is to be the one receiving it because the beauty of being on the receiving end of unkind actions is that you can choose how you respond you have options um you can you know absorb it and believe it and be wrecked by it you can analyze it and deflect it you know, you can grow from it, but um, in contrast, the one delivering it, it is consuming to somebody to be mean and to be nasty. They have to first be all consumed by this emotion of of um, disrespect and anger towards someone. You know, it has to occupy their entire mindset for them to deliver a blow, um, a hurtful blow to somebody. So... You know, you can logically see how far more injurious that is for the person who is mean. Uh, and that's a, that is a, a bit of a preachy um, expansion on meanness. But suffice it to say, I don't like mean people. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes mean people, but there are mean people. So... You know, if we don't like mean people, then we shouldn't be mean people. And then there would no not be any mean people. Um, <laughs> but I digress into a debate about meanness. Um, anyway, I kind of would love to meet this woman now and see how she is. Um, I, I find it all curious. How is her marriage? Because I can't have been good at the time either. Um you know, I, I'm, I feel grateful that my husband could, um, was comfortable enough or at least subjected him enough to his humanity to step out and love somebody else, which is a risk. Um, but I think it's a function of him needing to meet his own needs. And I mean, I have to respect that. Um, yeah, I, and I've, I've since told him that 
I thanked him, you know, for all the years that we had together and, and told him I didn't hold a grudge and wasn't mad that he fell out of love with me. Um, cause you can't be mad at that. I mean, honestly, come on, <laughs> you can't stomp your feet and throw a temper tantrum because someone doesn't love you anymore or doesn't love you that way anymore. That's just ridiculous. Um, you know, you can't change it. You may as well just accept it. It happens. Um, being vindictive and angry and mean and, you know, carrying a grudge and all that stuff. It's just, it's really pointless. I, I just have no energy <laughs> for grudges. And uh, it's not to say that I forget injuries. Um, I don't think I forget things, but um, I, I don't, you know, I don't need to stay victimized and stay you know, I don't identify with a victim mentality. I don't want to be a victim. I don't need people's pity. Uh, and I don't see any productivity in any of those things. Um, it's amazing to recognize the humanity that we all have. No one is exempt. Uh, and as soon as we start judging others, we're assuming we, we are somehow perfect ourselves in that particular area of judgment and uh man I sure don't want the responsibility of having to be perfect (laughs) I think I am so far from perfect um it's just more comfortable to acknowledge my flaws shrug my shoulders and go well I mean I can do my best but and I certainly do but uh I, I can't pretend to be perfect um yeah so my yeah, I, 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 my attitude towards my ex-husband, I mean, we have a great relationship now and it hasn't always been great or easy or, I mean, it's taken many years to get to a comfortable place. Um, but again, I think it's all stemmed out of being kind and recognizing humanity. And when we do those things, or at least from my experience, when I have done those things, um, the outcome is far better than if we are blaming or or unkind. Uh, and I'm not always the flagship of kindness, I have to say. Um, my blunt honesty probably comes across as unkind. And my sometimes unfiltered ideas or, or thoughts... Uh, they probably come across as unkind, but certainly they're not intended that way. And I am trying to learn to um, deliver things in a more thoughtful way so that I don't appear unkind. Um, But again, I don't have unkindness or meanness in my belly motivating my behavior. Um, It's just more, I guess, a lack of skill at delivering honest, open truth. Uh, <laughs> again, that's an aside. My mother used to always say just to be kind. It, it wasn't what you said, it was how you said it. And I was really sick of hearing these things, but they are true things, whether I like hearing them or not. And I'm glad that my mother um, harped on me about those things um, and my temper, which I don't seem to have anymore. <laughs> my newest epiphany is when you're single and without a love partner, you have nothing to fight over. 
<laughs> so I really, I, I'm amazed at how I literally never fight with anyone ever. Um, it's a very peaceful way to live. Not that I'm advocating um, <laughs> solitary living. Um, I don't necessarily love being uh, without, you know, a, a, a romantic partner, but um, I really don't miss fighting with my spouse or and or partner. Like nobody, there's no, nothing really to get worked up over. So I guess the true test will be um, if I find myself in a relationship, can I cope <laughs> with with the humanity involved in being in a relationship again? And can I um, avoid anger or at least deal with um, feelings before they become angry? Anyway, uh, I think I'm I've digressed several times. And um, yeah, I mean, moral of today's little story is humanity and kindness, I guess. And the payoff really was to my benefit to be those things. Um, Yeah, you don't have to hate people just because your spouse fell in love with them. You can like them if you want to. Or at least accept realities that you can't force a person to love you or treat you a certain way. Or, I mean, who wants robotic love anyway? If you force somebody and coerce somebody, uh, then then you lose authenticity. And then what's the point? It's you know the one thing we want is love, and it's the one thing we can't force or make happen. We have to kind of wait for it. So it seems, from my perspective, anyway. So. With that, I will leave you, and uh, until next time, um, <laughs> I took a nice long break after Christmas and New Year's. It's been, uh, I think, about a month or so since my last episode, and um, so I'm back. Uh, it's been a nice little holiday, and I'll talk to you next time.